to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch That's very easy to buff it Just buff it out! Buff it out! Just blame it on your dad Yeah <laughs> oh my God. He got drunk again <laughs> Somehow What are you gonna? Is she gonna put Vaseline on it? Is that what she just said? Yes. That'll work. It's like a cracked lip. That's what I always say about wood. Oh, you know what I always say about wood? No. No, thank you. Heavens to Betsy, what's going on? I've had half of a drink, so watch out, America. Oh my God, that's the best amount of Lisa drink. Well, first, that's first half. That's just the second half, but yeah, it's the first half and then like the fourth one. Yeah, right. Peak, peak Lisa. Good because we had peak Whitney last yeah. time. One of us Dude, has to be gone. peak at all times. It's fine. I feel bad because he literally was just like, lick your thumb and rub it on um, the scratch. He, he can't talk to you like this. This is the anniversary. <laughs> my of yeah. your father's death. Yeah, your dad gets to scratch whatever the fuck he wants today. It's his day. We'll just we'll get a table runner before he gets back. Who wants to go first? Already? Oh my god. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how long. You're no foreplay me. today. I'm it's sorry. Been, yeah, it's two been, minutes. I'm yeah, sorry. we should at least I was talk to Amber. Vaselining the table. I know. Sometimes you gotta put vaseline on some wood, bitch. <laughs> Outfit. There's some like, I feel like there's some type of, you there know, is. like as seen on TV shit where you it's can like just... renew. There's a rejuvenate is a thing for wood floors. I can imagine it would work for wood tables. <laughs> Great. Jesus Christ. Yikes. Well, fuck it. I'll just buy a new one. <laughs> uh, Amber. 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 While you're Amber. here. Oh God! Uh, you got any weird stories? <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, no. What's your so? Okay, if you like, when you see weird stories, do you like like spooky stories, horror story, like true crime, conspiracy? Like, what's your weird history? I like geography. All of it. Uh, yeah, I like all weird of it. geography. Did um, you know that horses weren't here at first? What? Go back. <laughs> that's, that's just a... That's nonsensical. No, it made sense. The okay. Marcus got it. Um, mm. it so, Probably. there in America, there weren't horses until those white folk came over. Not that I'm not one. They shipped them over? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm making I'm making you explain this. I'm saying what you learned. No, don't make me do that. <laughs> so there it's a transatlantic trade thing that ha- I hate how impressed both of your faces Well, I mean, <laughs> if you had two options like it was either Atlantic or Pacific, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so you got the right ocean. Yeah. Um they came from and if Hawaii. They were coming from yeah. Europe, you never know. Yeah, horses are actually just a cluster of coconuts. Um Yeah. That's why no. they make that sound. 
So like whatever the 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 Columbus Colombian exchange or Portuguese mm -hmm. Colombian mm -hmm. exchange. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cocaine, guys. <laughs> Come on. And horses. Uh so yeah, they horses. Together. The the fucking the uh, indigenous people of America were just walking to kill buffalo. Yes. Buffalo from here. Right? Bison. Wow. Yes. Did they you were know here. that? No, I I didn't know that. Thank you. Fucking <laughs> thank you. Did you know that viruses can get viruses? <gasps> no. Shut the fuck up. I heard okay. Amber, you're off the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was listening to this epidemiologist on the daily on that podcast. Can you spell that for me? Epidemiologist. I'm pretty sure it's phonetically spelled. I think it's spelled F-U-C-K-L-I-S-A. Yeah. Yes. A fuckalisiologist said what? Oh, man. I'm going to change my Twitter name. I like it. So wait, what so does COVID have the flu? I think that's how we beat COVID is we give COVID a another COVID. This is we a need a COVID for movie. COVID. But there is a we should give COVID herpes. Where <laughs> I mean we all have it, right? So might as well party everybody. Right? No, right? Yeah. Oh no, what's the one we all have? The uh oh HPV. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we should give COVID. Well, and isn't it chicken pox? A herpes something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. So we have to get Dwayne the Rock Johnson to give COVID a virus. And yeah. then the movie's gonna have a lot of Michael Bay blow up. <laughs> They're gonna blow up the lab that COVID was created in. Y'all, I've been accidentally following this QAnon bitch, and no. it is my favorite fucking no. thing. Oh, I no, take screenshots. Oh, I take screenshots. No. Because her stories are like <laughs> 50 things long. And I'm like, this is insane. This is insane. Oh, I met her on a plane. And she was trying oh, to sell me. This... Oh, you told us about this yeah. person. She was trying Who's to sell her? Q? You met Q? No, this woman. Um, I don't want to say her name. But this woman who's from here, I met her on a plane. And she was like, oh, have you heard of It Works? And I'm like, yeah, it's an MLM. I worked at Facebook. And I know that those ads are horse shit keep going uh and then she i was like yeah but while well, i do comedy because i'm stuck on a fucking plane and then she's like oh can i get your instagram i want to follow you so i can come to one of your shows i'm like all right so we've been following each other for like well i guess a year because it was when i was coming back from uh seattle she's ah she is not doing the uh the it works anymore but boy is she ready to tell you how many people are fucking kids and that it's all like if we don't vote trump then all the kids are gonna get fucked but then yesterday she posted about whitney are you ready to talk I'm, about this i am upset but i mean it's it <laughs> say it she posted about jerry from cheer from, cheer. from corsicana uh oh I thought you were going to say Sandusky. I was like, old news. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> You're a few she, years too uh, late. I found out that Pennsylvania has been going through it. Um, uh, <laughs> Jerry from Cheer, like just the most delightful of the whole fucking show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I tweeted like Jerry is the new Oprah or something yeah, like that. But Oprah done got then. into some kid porn. Yeah. Jerry 
Wait, Oprah did too? No. I mean, no, okay. don't Just start Jerry. that. If she yeah, did, no. no one would ever know about it. Let's be real. If anyone can keep that under wraps. I bet, you know what? I bet Oprah and Ellen in, are in on something. No, no. If we've learned anything from Stedman, know. she's gone the other way. She's going to have porn of like the oldest people I possible. I think Oprah's <laughs> far above Ellen also. Like she's... I don't know. Yeah. She's a her, good person. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If either. Oprah was pulling any Ellen shit, we would have found about it out about it in 1988. She's oh, been yeah. around for way too long for it to come out now. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Jerry, Jerry. Also, nobody gives Oprah credit for her. Like everybody's like, oh, Paul Rudd never ages. Oprah's like, what, 95 at this point? She, she looks, looks good. Incredible. She does. Yeah, for someone who's been on TV as long as I've been alive, she looks great. That's true. I think billions of dollars can help. Probably, Man. she's a billionaire. I'd now, like to right? try. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd be willing to try being a billionaire to see. I will say, and well. I I have said this recently. I feel like everyone here right now looks at least five years younger than they are. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. We can all be yes. Oprah. Are we all secret billionaires? Oh. We are. We are. Lisa is. And we have to send all the horses back. <laughs> I honestly, I think, I just think it's the HPV that's keeping us young. <laughs> Thank you. Something's got to do it. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Is this where we say welcome to Weird Brunch? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> One more time. Welcome to Weird Brunch. Are we going to say welcome to Weird Brunch or no? I don't think so. Okay. okay. I don't think uh, so. Amber has to say it now. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Weird Brunch. Oh, there you go. Now we cut that out. Cut yeah. it out. Okay. Stick <laughs> it into our theme song. Just beep. Yeah. Beep. We did have somebody who was like, when y'all beeped out the <laughs> part of your years, it made me laugh out loud and i was like yay that's exactly what we were going good look forward to more of that because once i find a joke that works i stick with it for years and years and years <laughs> and i love that about you oh everybody does so since we oh, are... i like how you're repositioning the computer well no, i have to read it sorry amber. amber okay i'll try yeah. to read sideways <laughs> you haven't been reading like horizontal no. No, you read up and down. I read up that and down okay. and from bottom to top. Uh, <laughs> but I also typically have two screens because I'm typically at my home, but CJ kicked me out tonight. Not for a bad reason. So Whitney said it's Halloween, so I guess it's still Halloween. So I Halloween. found something that I can connect in a roundabout way to Halloween. 1947, a young boy, well, a young baby, a newborn baby is born. A uh, herb bomb. Newborn baby is born. A newborn small got baby it, boy it, got it, got is it, got born. Uh, in Indianapolis. Wait, mm-hmm. wait. Rewind to the name of this baby. Is Herb? It's 1947. Herb what? Ballmeister. Albert. <laughs> Ballmeister. Ballmeister. Am I the only one who finds? Okay, fine. It's... I'll be the only one who thinks Herb Ballmeister is the hilariousest <laughs> name for a baby that I've ever heard. Oh, that poor it's baby. The, it's the Guidi de Bagno of America. It is. You know? Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, Herb, Herb Ballmeister. Ballmeister is uh born in indianapolis indiana uh hey just like me yes there you go yeah maybe you maybe he was uh, like (laughs) that was my name 
Uh, <laughs> that's why they had to give me up. They were like, I can't keep Aww. this for Ballmeister around. Yeah. We named Ruined it with this name. <laughs> Ballmeister needs to get the fuck out of here. All right, I'll shut up. I'm sorry. So, uh, old Bommy is, oh, can't call him that. So he's the oldest of four boys. He's got a really relatively normal childhood. And then on the onset of adolescence, uh, guess who gets a little fucking weird? Herb. He starts playing around with dead animals and uh, pissing on a teacher's desk. One time he picked up a dead crow on his way to school, put it in his pocket, got to school and put it on another teacher's desk. And he's also talking like a cat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're gifts. They're gifts. (laughs) Uh, So was him pissing on the teacher's desk. Also, uh, if I ever get a cat, I'm naming it Herb. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna name mine Ballmaster. Ballmaster. Uh, so he's also like talking about like what I wonder what urine tastes like to other kids, and kids are like, "Cool, Herb." Oh, um, we don't. And it's real. Oh. And here's my connection. Those kids know. Yeah, it, all kids all know kids what taste tastes taste like because yeah. you're not wiping right, and then you're putting your hands right in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Looks like I'm she's sure that I know it pee tastes like not anymore we've all forgotten it's like the sleigh bells in polar express it fades you know the only way to know if you have covid is if you can taste your pee you're fine (laughs) (laughs) i i wanted that pause there so that people know that i mean business go taste your pee america this is my tie into halloween I don't know if you guys saw the Halloween prequel by Rob Zombie, but it's very much like that where he's fucking around with dead animals and shit. Okay, thank you. Whitney, is that okay? Is that Mm -hmm, enough? Okay. mm -hmm. He is diagnosed with schizophrenia in his teens, but there's no further psychological treatment. I mean, but that said, like the treatment for schizophrenia in the 1960s was like electroshock therapy. And then like, it's not really curing you. It's just making you more chill, more docile. Yeah, it was either walk it off or we'll drill a hole in your head. One of the two, yeah. Right. So in 1965, Ballmeister goes to Indiana University for a semester, drops out. And then he returns in 1967 for another semester, drops out. In 1972, he attends a semester at Butler University. Just little sprinklings of education, you know, like, oh, well, this one tastes like and then as an adult he kind of follows that kind of progress with his job so you know he's known for his really strong work ethic and also just fucking weirdo bizarre behavior his dad gets him a job at the indianapolis star and he's working real hard he's real dedicated but pretty fucking fast he becomes irritating and overbearing towards his co-workers he needed constant praise, and when he didn't get it, he got real, like, pissy and fussy. Mm. And so then he, you know, gets fired. He becomes an employee at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. The dream. <laughs> he gets all the way to program director very quickly, again, because of his work ethic. But all of his colleagues avoided him because he was volatile and just fucking nutty. And once again, here he is. He urinates on a letter to the state governor on his boss's desk. Jesus. (laughs) I mean, no, no. I mean, I I get it. Kanye West did it to Grammy today. Yeah, I made a gif of that. I'm real proud of that gif I made it. Fucking 
2 a.m. I gotta say, I hope this whole story is just things that her ball mice repeat on. That there's no sinister twist. There's nothing yeah. else. It's just a list. A list of things he peed on. I mean, honestly, yeah. from here on out, if I don't mention that he peed on something I mentioned, we can just assume he did. Okay, good. He also acts very differently with very with different people. So, like, some people are like, oh, he's like a boast like he's just boasting all the time he's an asshole he's hot-headed and then some are like he's just really eccentric and keeps to himself uh and i think that's mostly because he did drive a hearse in the late 60s like look i'm weird some are also like he's a family man some people say he's a very gregarious dude and loves old cars and would help a friend out with anything at any time so we don't you kind of never know what herb you're getting. <laughs> so Baumeister marries Juliana Julie Sater. These names. In November of 1971, they have three children, a son and two daughters. Uh, Marie is born in 79, Eric in 81, and Emily in 84. So Julie and Herb are just little two little college sweethearts. They're two little young Republicans in the young Republican group. Uh, and they just love each other. So Julie. What year is this again? This they got married in 71. Okay. So Julie later says, like, yeah, we only fucked. Well, she didn't say fucked, but they only boinked like six times. They love. Is this the Mike Pence origin story? I mean, probably. So they only had sex like six times over the 24 years of their marriage. And then six months after they're married, Herb is committed to a psychiatric hospital by his father. And there's no like, there, no one knows like if there's a specific reason why. But Julie stays by his side. She's like, he's hurting. He needs help. And then he, Herb was in the facility for two months. And he comes out and Julie's like, hey, I love you. And then after he got fired for pissing on that letter. Oh, my God. I knocked over my dad's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to get the charger. Karina, do not edit. <laughs> I am no. Are you kidding? Holy shit! <laughs> Today is just the weirdest fucking day, man. After he gets po- uh, fired for pissing on this letter, it becomes pretty clear that he's uh he's not gonna find work. So Julie's like, okay, I'm gonna go back. She was a school teacher, so she goes back to teaching, and he actually becomes a full time dad. Which he's really good at. He's very caring and loving. Like there's, you know, none of the, he's not pissing on the kids' toys or anything weird. Eventually he, he founded the thrift store called Save-A-Lot, which I think, I think those are still around. I know I've, like that name wasn't unfamiliar to me, but he founds this uh, store, which becomes a chain in Indianapolis in 1988. And this shit takes off super successful the baumeisters are known throughout their community for their charitable ways and they would often donate to organizations to help the needy specifically children that said so he and julie are starting this company together right and as we know 
from his previous employment adventures, not the most fun guy to work with. And so Julie, he kind of treated her as an employee and not really like a co-owner. And this, you know, she was like annoyed with it, but she was like, I'm just going to lay low, which sucks because everyone this guy has worked with has been like, I'm just going to lay low. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here. And so obviously this is starting to like kind of wear on their marriage. And then during the summers, Julie began taking the children to stay with Herb's mother at her condo in Lake Wawasee. Wawasee? Okay. Karina, usually you know how to say these things. I think you said it beautifully. <laughs> Bless. So in 1991, he buys Fox Hollow Farm in Carmel, Indiana. This is an 18-acre, million-dollar estate. It's 11,000 square feet, just the the building. It's like a Tudor-style mansion. It's 11,000 square feet. It's like a fucking country club. Like the yard is always perfectly manicured. There's also, oh my God, an indoor pool, which we can also call a natatorium. <laughs> Herb also paid like extra careful attention to this pool at Fox Hollow Farm. Like he he was really into this indoor pool, man. He made he made there was a bar there. He kept it all, like fully stocked at the pool. Like the pool bar always stocked. He also liked to <clears throat> pee in it. Yeah. Have you ever not peed in a pool? So he also liked to uh position dressed up mannequins around the swimming pool to create the illusion of a fancy pool party. Okay. Psychotic. Herb. Okay. Herb. Okay. So then in the early nineties, there's investigators with Marion County Sheriff's Department and the Indianapolis Police Department. They've they've started to kind of notice this trend of these murders going on of gay men in the area. It's all like they all have similar builds. They're all between like mid twenties to mid forties. And uh, in 1993, a man named Tony Harris, fake name, contacts them to say there's a gay bar patron calling himself Brian Smart. And he's like, look, this Brian guy's got a sexual like strangulation fetish thing, autoerotic asphyxiation. And so he says that this Brian guy after you know hanging out at the bar takes him on a long drive to a mansion with hmm. an indoor pool where they hmm. engaged in erotic asphyxiation not auto because they were two people he also says that i appreciate the clarification <laughs> i really i said that for me <laughs> Because I was like, wait, why is it? <laughs> no, okay. I would I would have looked up the same thing. He also is like, I, you know, I think this Brian guy killed a friend of mine. And honestly, when we were at this pool, I felt like he was trying to kill me and like strangle me with this uh, asphyxiation session. But also, and this is just a note that I found just delightful, is that Herb had a shit, like just this shitty house in Indianapolis with like saggy gutters, a trash lawn, cars in the yard, cars in the cars yard, in the yard, cars in the yard, which y'all know. Mm -mm. 1994, uh, his son Eric, 13 at the time, comes back to the house from playing in the woods with 
fucking around with a goddamn skull, a human skull. And Julie's like, where did you get this shit? And he's like, right behind here in the woods. So she, he takes her out there and she's like, oh shit, there's more bones out here. And so Herb comes home and Julie's like, yo dog, what the fuck? And Herb's like, oh, my dad, he had him for doctor things. And she's like, okay, makes sense. Cool. <laughs> I mean, why not? Oh, <laughs> Tony from the non-auto erotic asphyxiation, he sees this Brian Smart guy again in 95. So two years later. And he's like, mm, bitch. And he follows him and he gets the license plate number. So then he calls the cops again and he's like, look, I got this number. It's that same motherfucker. And the police are like, oh, that's the license plate number. Oh, that's her ballmaster. We know it all by heart. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, when Juliana and the kids were away, which became more and more frequent as he was kind of treating her like shit throughout this business thing, Herb was like, I'm going to go to some gay bars in downtown Indianapolis and just see what happens. So in 1995, investigators start approaching Baumeister. They go to his house and they tell him like, hey, dude, you're you're kind of a suspect in some disappearances, bro. And they're like, can we search your house? And he's like, no. So then the cops go to Julie at her work and they're like, we're investigating your husband in relation to homosexual homicide. And Julie said, I remember saying to them, can you tell me what homosexual homicide is? Julie. I mean, homicide should just be homicide, though. Like, Yeah, the... I feel like mid nineties was sure they're like yeah yeah sexual homicide yeah because that would technically be any time a man killed a man or yeah right no it wouldn't never any, mind well I mean well I guess does it imply that they have a sexual relationship I don't know homogeneal I think it's almost like what we may call like a hate crime oh okay uh... okay. And so she's she's also like, no, you're not coming to the fucking house, dude. So again, she goes home and she's like, Herb, bro, what the fuck? And Herb's like, nah, dude, I didn't do that shit. She's like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Done. So, same by your man. I mean, I guess I did see pictures of her, and I'm like, you look like a what people in the mid '90s would call a fruit fly. Maybe edit that. I don't out. know what that means. I do. I think it's hilarious. I can tell by the way you said that. I haven't heard that in so long. That oh. was like you. It was like you busted out with like that. bodacious. Oh, know? I was. Uh... Is that like a? <laughs> is that like a girl that hangs around the gay men? Gay yes. Dudes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. See, I was in theater for a while, so save a lot this thrift store that they have made them fucking millions starts to kind of fall apart uh and oh. the family is now in debt and again this is 95 96 so it's it's been about seven years and it's just starting to go a little downhill so in june 1996 julie is like starting to really notice like his mood swings are popping up a lot more He's got erratic behavior. He's They're fighting a lot. And he's always like, I'm going to kill myself. And she's like, okay, okay. So she goes and files for a divorce. As soon as she files for a divorce, she calls the cops and she's like, come fucking search this bitch. <gasps> so 
Baumeister goes on vacation, like divorced dad, right? Like probably a lake. As soon as he leaves, the search of Fox Hollow Farm was fucking on. Authorities get all up in them woods and it turns up the remains of 11 men. Oh, wow. Eight of whom were identified. So three, who the fuck knows? And most of them were known to be gay men. So the bodies were actually found like 50 fucking feet away from their home. And investigators recovered more than 5,000 human bone fragments buried in the property just (gasps) from that search. How many bones are in a human body? Like 8 million. uh, Around 8 million? Yeah. I mean, how many stars are in the sky? Karina, I feel like that's something you would know. I like 8 million. I think it's it's more like 200. I I think it's 204. Can you Google this? Let's do prices right rules. Google it. What's and your number? It Amber, ours. mine. A hundred. And Karina, what's your number? Two hundred and fifty-six. I'm going two hundred four. All right. Let's see. Karina, what did you say? Two fifty-six. Oh, two oh six. I was two under. Oh, I got prices go. right. Oh, you I knew win. the whole time, mm, and you set mm, this whole mm, thing up. Give me she that washer and that dryer. So and an indoor hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> And a bunch of mannequins I can put around the hot tub. Yes. So all of this, again, is... What? Happy. No. Because that's what Baumeister did with the pool. He put a bunch of mannequins mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. it. It was like... A- well, I'm not going to let you do it. I'm your friend. Oh, thank you. Oh, it is at the end yeah. of the horror picture show. So all of this, again, like all of these... All this shit's happening while he's on vacation at this lake house. So... People thought that he knew that this was happening because he keeps calling his brother and asking him for money. Like, more than once, he's like, yo, hey, hey, man, can I get some cash? So on one of these calls, his brother's finally like, dude, you're grounded as hell. The police found some (laughs) shit. They're asking about you. They found some, they found the bodies on your property. And so Baumeister's like, but, and goes to Canada. And then on July 3rd, 1996, he writes a three-page suicide letter noting his failed marriage and business while in a car in Pinery P- Provincial Park fucked Canada, uh, in Grand Bend, Ontario. He shoots himself in the head with a 357 Magnum. His body is found eight days later. Which I feel like that's a lot of time to be in a car in a park with no one noticing you, but that's okay. That said, he never confessed to the murders, did not make any mention of them in his suicide letter. But despite that, cops are like, "Mm, I think we have enough evidence here. Two years after he killed himself, police actually connected him to the murders of nine additional men. Between 1980 and 1990, nine men were found murdered in the Indiana, Ohio area. So this was before he lived at Fox Hollow Farm. These men are just found um, along I-70. They're all, every single one of them, half-dressed, and the majority died from strangulation. So this guy's got a type investigators believed that the bodies discovered on his property were killed in the same way additionally all nine of the men were from the indianapolis area and most were gay police began looking for a man that was dubbed the i-70 killer in the internet in the internet the interstate strangler 
uh, as bodies were found along. But it was just, it was just yeah, ball master. Yeah, fucking awful. It's terrible. It's very bad. An eyewitness right around, you know, a couple of years after his uh, suicide, an eyewitness was like, saw a picture of him and he's like, oh yeah, that's the dude that left with Michael Riley, who was one of the, the people that they found dead. Multiple people have been like, this guy's a piece of shit. Where does it get a little spookier? Well, so typically homes and buildings where like really shitty crimes have occurred, uh, gruesome crimes have occurred, are known as, quote, psychologically affected real estate. Ooh. Spooky. Uh, they're Is often... that a filter on Zillow? Probably. <laughs> I hope it's on Instagram. Yeah, it should be. So they, these places are often demolished but not Fox Hollow. In 2009, it sold at a third of its $2.3 million asking price to a couple named Rob and Vicky Graves. Soon after moving in, they started to notice... Wait, 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 wait. Once again, they sold a haunted house to a guy named Rob Graves. Graves. And the reason it was haunted is because it was full of unmarked graves? Yes. Love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just really like Indiana things, really. Uh, so <laughs> soon after moving in, they start to notice spooky things, uh, including a shadowy male figure. One of them, he walks without legs and he lurks in the backyard. Ooh. Uh, this That's is so gay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's sad. The, that one is notable, and we'll follow up on that. But uh, Vicky has Vicky saw uh, this Lieutenant Dan in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> couple non wheelchair bound Lieutenant Dan, right? <laughs> wheelchair yes. wheelchair Dan, Lieutenant Dan when he falls out of the bed, um, or when he has his new legs. Yes, but without the prosthetic, without the legs. Yes. She's Vicky has seen it twice before she's even like, Hey, Rob, something weird's out here. And then a few investigators, so like they've opened it up to the public for, for certain things. Like there's a you know, some haunted house travel company that comes through, and so Rob's finally like fine in 2015. And after that, there were like a couple investigators that showed up that they were like, Yeah, there's some guy in the backyard with no legs, just kind of want, and they were like, What? <gasps> Fox Hollow Farm is now pretty fucking famous. They've been on a lot of TV shows, especially with the true crime porn addicts and uh, ghost hunters. So groups have reported hearing voices, footsteps, and other strange sounds and feeling sensations of being punched, pinched, hit, and in one case, choked. Erotic asphyxiation. Uh So this is just like, you know, there's also like just classic haunting shit around the home doors flying open inanimate objects moving overnight so this is a weird thing that happens in the basement rob graves will have his vacuum plugged in and then it unplugs continuously despite being connected with an extension cord of adequate length and he said, we have to say, quote, stop unplugging the sweeper. I need to sweep. Which is something else. <laughs> talk about. Come I've on, had 
like loose plugs before that just like will not fucking stay in. Well, maybe if you say stop unplugging the sweeper, I need to sweep. You know, like Rob's experience. I've never considered that it was a ghost unplugging my vacuum. Well, as soon as Rob says those words, uh, the what the fuck kind of in. swiper no swiping charm is that? Right. That's like some Dora the Explorer shit right there. I just want to make sure that everyone heard that as soon as he says that, the unplugging stops. Okay. Uh, yeah. It ha- okay. Um, all right. Uh, he says it happens routinely. And then this guy who was renting an apartment on the farm, it was like the in-law quarters or whatever. His name's Joe LeBlanc, Joey LeBlanc, uh, just Joe. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, he also, he also experienced some more classy, spooky shit, but maybe a little bit more aggressive than normal. He's had doors kicked in, knocking in the middle of the night dead bolted doors whip the fuck open items move overnight and leblanc has said that he has seen the lieutenant dan in the woods and some other spirits so this woods ghost i'm i kind of want to go just because like 50 people have been like yeah that thing guy person x person and there's also places in the house that Vicky just like won't fuck with. One of the spots is Rob's bathroom and some psychics came through and they're like, oh, this this place is a portal for spirits to come and go. Graves also said that, you know, all of these phenomenons taking place, psychics have told him are just, you know, they're unrested soul, souls. It's not like demon shit. So he's like, this is fine. They've got no plans to move. Uh, the graves still find bones on the property regularly. Believe it. And uh, self-proclaimed ghost hunters and paranormal experts have described the home as, quote, the most haunted house in Indiana. Spooky! Fox Hollow Farms. Happy Halloween. Do you remember that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with the fox hunter and like the fox that gets away and it's like a ghost fox? No, but Amber does. She's just not saying it. I imagine that there's a ghost fox on Fox. There has to be. Yes. That's who took that ghost's legs. I mean, that ghost had legs when the fox got him. I mean, two human legs will feed a fox for a long time. Yeah. I've done the research. I Google this every day. Mm-hmm. I should definitely follow that because I have a story about a psychologically affected piece of real estate. Ooh! I'm going to close our front door so no one comes in and murders us. Can I pee too? Karina, can we? Can we? Oh, I'm going to pee out. Okay, but Everybody- I, I want all three of you to kick over Whitney's dad on your way to your thing. <laughs> Let's start with, to follow up on Lisa's story, the Cecil Hotel in skid row los angeles <gasps> down on skid row i just watched rocky or little shop of horrors <laughs> rocky's <laughs> little shop yes so the cecil hotel opened its doors in 1927 which in california years is like you know the dark ages mm-hmm. so it's been there forever it has had since then 16 different non-natural deaths and unexplained paranormal events the most i'm sorry what how many 16 16. oh for some reason i thought you said 16 
No, God, we would have talked yeah. about this hotel a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> There'd be a special day of mourning for that hotel. My brain yeah. is dead. That hotel would be like, what, three whole weeks of COVID? Anyway, so <laughs> the, uh, the most famous death associated with the hotel is the 1947 murder of Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, who was reportedly seen drinking at the hotel bar just days before she vanished. It's also where Richard Ramirez lived in 1985. He was known as the Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Yeah, so he would dump his bloody clothes outside the hotel and return half naked. But at that point, Skid Row was so bad, nobody cared. Who wasn't half naked? Yeah, exactly. And then in 1991, another person moved into the hotel, Jack Unterweger, also known as the Vienna Strangler. So it's been home to multiple serial killers, as well as lots and lots of unexplained deaths. But... The story we're going to talk about today is the story of Elisa Lamb. Oh, so, oh I know about this. I know. I can't believe that you guys didn't beat me to this one. It's so, okay. Anyway, it's so good. So Elisa Lamb, also Lam Ho Yi, is a Canadian student. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm late to the party. <laughs> at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. And uh, she was visiting L.A. in late January and then decided to go from there on Amtrak uh, up to Santa Cruz. So because she was visiting America by herself in 21, she was calling her parents every day to check in just to make sure that she was safe. She stayed in the Cecil Hotel for a week. And then on January 31st, she was uh, scheduled to get on her train and leave. That was the last day anybody heard from her. The Lamb family, uh, after a day or two of not hearing from her and uh, not being able to reach her on her cell phone, contacted the Los Angeles Police Department, infamous for their kindness to all. Mm -hmm. They searched the hotel but couldn't find any trace of her whatsoever. What was weird was that her Tumblr, she had a kind of a, she had a MySpace and then a Tumblr. Yeah, her Tumblr updated. But it updated with, like, some fashion stuff that she liked. And, like, you couldn't tell where she was. And it didn't say where she was posting. And it seemed to just be kind of a routine post for her of just, like, look at these boots. (laughs) So they were like, well, we don't know where she is, but I guess she's alive because her Tumblr just updated. And it's, you know, February 5th or whatever. Police are like, yeah, well, let's see if there's any clues on security footage. So now I would like everybody to open up that link and we will all click play on this elevator security footage and watch it together. You guys ready on the count of three? Hold on. Okay. I'm ready? Do I need to unmute it? No, it's totally silent. Ready? One, two, three. Play. Yeah. So the door opens. There's Elisa. She is pushing buttons. She's pushing all the buttons. So she's having mm-hmm. fun. Why does she push all the buttons, though? She's going... She's going to go to all the floors. Hold on. What's going on outside? I don't know. Okay. So somebody might be chasing her? She's scared of something. She's hiding now around the corner from the main door. But why would you look back out? I would look out... I mean, if I was like 
Uh, why would you walk out? If I were in an elevator and I was like, why isn't the door closing? I would be like, oh, did somebody just hit the button? Yeah, but then she went. Yeah. But well, she, now she's like jumping out. Yeah. She's also doing a bunch of weird. Weird sidesteps. Like some square yes. dancing. Weird. It's called a jazz square, Lisa. Sorry. I haven't line so, danced in a minute. No, that's not line dancing. Save Don's Depot. This is probably a good time to mention that Elisa Lamb was on some medications mm -hmm. to control bipolar disorder. Aren't we all? But it's apparent that she's like concerned about somebody or something chasing her. So now she's like, okay, everything's okay. I'm just going to get back into the elevator and push some more buttons. I don't know. The way she walked in with both of her hands up seemed a little like. Well, it looks because when she first enters the elevator, she seems almost like manic, kind of giddy. Right. To me. Right. And now she's pushing every single elevator button again. Well, is she talking? To, she looks like she's talking to somebody. She totally looks like she's talking to somebody. And now it looks like she's. Explaining how the elevator won't move. Dog. It's not going Con up and down. Conducting an orchestra. Mm. It's these arm movements that I find the most creepy. She looks like she's yes. like signing somebody. Yeah. So now she's just going to stand there all Blair Witch style. And then she goes away. So we'll just let this roll while we talk about another detail, which is the same day as this footage was taken, January 31st, she visited a bookstore and she bought a book to bring home to her parents. And the store clerk said that she seemed very excited to talk to her parents and see them. And she told her the whole story of her adventure and seemed extremely lucid and not at all, you know, manic or, or in any way weird. So literally like an hour before this. Why did the door yet. just close? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, the video's not over yet. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you trying to tell more of the story when this is happening? Wait, oh, now the door is opening again. Oh my god. No, it doesn't move. Same this floor. is the same. This floor. is just it a just... broken elevator. Oh, there it goes again. It closed again. <laughs> because she probably pressed I'm sorry, I'm not trying to I've read a lot about this. Whitney, you're gonna be the mom in the elevator that's like, quit pressing all the buttons. Well, yeah. Any adult would say that. Do you want to go to every floor? Okay, Wait, did again. the outside just change? Yeah, because it's going to all the floors. It's moving? Yeah. You think it's going to all the floors? I thought it was just opening and That's closing. That's a different background. Yeah, there you was think? a different background. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that's the end of the video. Or the background changed and it didn't leave a floor. Let's talk about that, Whitney. Uh, well, right. we can well, very easily verify if the background did change just by no, it did. watching the video again. <laughs> but anyways. Anyway, so she's gone. Nobody can find her. That's the last thing they've seen of her. They're doing a whole search everywhere and her Tumblr stops updating. So they're not any more certain that she's alive as, as much as they used to be. You know, there's no clues. It's a total dead trail. On February 19th, one of the uh, people staying at the Cecil Hotel complains their water pressure really, really sucks. And then there was another complaint that the water was kind of like dirty and coming out and it had an unusual taste. 
So uh, the building maintenance guy goes. Who's to tasting water. bath water? Those people need to. No, pee. they're Fucking just drinking the tap water. Just out of their sink. Oh, yeah, out of the sink. Out of the sink. Regular ass tap water it's from also, your hotel yeah. sink. It's also all the same water, Lisa. Okay. Yeah, that too. Toilet wherever. One day I'll tell you all about my toilet water situation, but please continue. <laughs> so. The maintenance guy goes up to the roof where there are 4,000 gallon water tanks for the hotel. This is a very tall hotel. It's like 30 floors. So uh, he goes up to the roof. He uh, unlocks the door, disables the alarm that's on the door, goes to the tank, gets his ladder to climb to the top of the eight foot tank. And he sees on, because uh, there aren't, a, there's no ladders built onto the sides of the tank. So he gets his maintenance ladder gets up there and he sees that one of the hatches to one of the tanks is open. So he looks in there and there's Elisa Lamb, stark naked with her clothing floating beside her in a mostly empty tank. Dead bloated body in Most the water. Dead bloated body. And you wonder why your water tasted weird. Well, also, it's mostly empty. So that was clearly the tank they were pulling from that mm-hmm. week, whatever. Exactly. Drinking <sighs> dead body water. I mean, exactly. I feel like we all are truly like who think about it. Yeah. Great way to get protein. So they. <laughs> <laughs> so they do an oh. autopsy. Yeah. And the autopsy broke down to these basic facts. She took at least one antidepressant that day, and she had taken a mood stabilizer recently, but not that day. And uh, there was no trace of her antipsychotic. Okay, so uh, she may not have been taking her medications exactly properly, but the eyewitness stuff, if she was having a manic attack, it was a very contained one. It wasn't like a long, prolonged one that would lead to, I don't know, anything huge. Yeah, then again, you have to like not take it for at least three days before you kind of enter back into that. Sorry. Depends on the severity of your bipolar, right? I mean, every these are all like, yeah, it's very it's very individual, right? There was no evidence of rape. There was no evidence of any physical trauma. There was no evidence at all of any foul play. So they had to just assume she committed suicide. However. This particular way of committing suicide, jumping into a water tank that you cannot access by any means that was around, is a complete mystery. How did she get into the water tank? It's eight feet tall. There's no ladders. There's no way to get to the water tank without triggering some sort of alarm, except for a fire escape that you would have to break a window to get onto or go through somebody's hotel room to get onto and then climb up. And even at that point, you still can't get into the water tank. Plus, she's naked in the water tank, but her clothes are off. That's weird. And uh, that is where this story sort of ends in terms of facts. Everything else has been internet sleuthing for the last seven years, trying to figure out what the fuck happened to Elisa Lamb. Was she chased up there? Was she talking to somebody in that weird elevator video? Was she just having a psychotic episode and somehow found the most creative way possible to kill herself? Think about it. If you took a fire escape up to the top of a 30-story hotel and you were like, I just want to die, would your option be A, climb into an inaccessible water tank with Spider-Man skills and then put myself in it and then drown there slowly, or B, jump off the building okay well counter question how (laughs) recently have i watched wild wild west 
starring Will Smith. Um, if I'm guessing had, last night. Yeah, if you had recently watched it. Well, then if it's last night, I'm getting in that fucking, that water thing. Because that's, he has sex in that water thing with that hot lady. Salma Hayek? Yeah, do you have any questions? No, not Selma Hayek. Uh, it's a different lady. It's a, it's a I don't early... remember. It does, Penelope it's most, Cruz, I think. Most anyone... people haven't seen the movie Wild Wild West that... since it came out. No. In what? It's a classic. 2000 in? It's Kenneth Branagh. Who? Yeah. Oh. Kevin Klein. Yes. Yeah, it is Selma Hayek. Well, that movie came out 14 years before this happened, so <laughs> the likelihood of... Okay. So yeah, that's that's the story. I just uh, find it extremely creepy. It is the inspiration of lots of lots of movies. The Cecil Hotel was the inspiration for Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story series season about the hotel. Mm-hmm. I, Elisa Lam, I I've heard that the like a lot of times people who get like hypothermia will take off their clothes, and so they think mm-hmm. that maybe that's why her clothes were off when she was inside that thing. Also, I've heard that like, I guess sometimes if you're drowning or feel like you're being sucked down, you try to take off things to like make yourself more buoyant or, you know, like, yeah. So it's not pulling you down yeah, my clothes. Like it's hard to swim in a pair of jeans. We've all done it, yeah. but that's what I, think. I think she probably took them off herself. Yes. My opinion is that we've all done it. I'm sorry. I was we have, that. right? I have. Yes. I You've got never grounded. swam in a porn, a porn of jeans. No, <laughs> no, not on accident. Like you got pushed in a pool. Um, no. Huh. Karina, have you? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. No, Am- Amber's the freak here. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <A> weird one. <laughs> I mean, I've been pushed in a pool, but I was in a swimsuit. You no. never. You were I would say you need more asshole friends. But I was about I don't to think say that's I, right. I think <laughs> <laughs> asshole friends. You do. You do. <laughs> yeah. I, well, there's also this other detail I did forget to mention. Oh. Uh, her cell phone. Her cell phone's never been turned up ever. Mm. They've never discovered what happened to it. And yes, that Tumblr post did happen after she died. Whoa! Hmm. Could you time Tumblr posts back yes. then? Yes. Okay, so yes, she might so have it's possible it could have been timed or it could have been used as a person who had her cell phone using it to throw off the scent and make people think she's still alive. I think she had a really, really bad manic episode. Yeah, I don't know. In the water tower, that's, that's the deal. Yeah, see, like my, I don't know. I've, I've seen, I've lived with somebody in the middle of like a very, and I, you have too. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of a very intense manic episode. And it's like, there's, there's that fear that she shows in that video, right? Like I remember getting calls being like, oh, I just went to 7-Eleven and there's like, there was like a canine unit car outside and she's like, oh, I'm going to get arrested because I like wrote a hot check or something for $5. And I'm like, you're fine. Um, So there is that weird paranoia, but like, if you're looking out of an elevator at what seems to be nothing, Truly. Right. I don't know that my next move is I'm going to go for a swim. Well, but she went to the roof. I don't know if it was with the intention of swimming. She probably, I mean, I don't know if she, if it was a manic episode, she probably went to the roof to be like, I'm so alive. 
And then and I then could, was like, I'm going to climb this fucking ladder and I'm going to go inside here and yeah. explore. And then, oh, I'm going to jump in the water and I can't get out. Because- Especially like if she was supposed to leave the next day, I could kind of see that. But the fact that her phone's never turned up, that's... And also, I don't know, man. But the alarms. Why yeah. Did it yeah. Trigger anything? Well, would it have a trigger? Would it have triggered an alarm? Because there were alarms on the door. You said to like get in. There were, but were there alarms yeah. like on the windows? I guess you not of to the. She wall. couldn't have done it from her hotel room because her hotel room didn't have access to the fire escape. So how she got to the fire escape is a huge mystery. Hmm. And yes, all of the normal. Uh, ways to get to the fire escape have fire alarms on them. If you open that window, the fire alarm goes off because people are using the fire escape, right? So that's the prevailing theory is that the fire escape is the way it was used. There's a a strong kind of theory that a hotel employee had to have been the person who either lured her or took her to the roof. Like it could have been some dude that noticed she was acting kind of weird and took advantage of the situation. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Um, But And then she falls in and he's like, Yeah, it just seems impossible that she would have done it herself because the amount of detailed Batman style planning you'd have to do to pull this off don't jive with the manic episode to me. Like you would just be breaking. If it's a manic episode, she just set the alarm off and not give a fuck. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Elisa Lam, a forever mystery. Wait, do we know what people on the internet are, are like? Oh, this is like a popular. You, yeah. I'm sure there's this like one's been on my favorite murder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there like yeah. a is there like a number one theory? Hotel employee. Okay. Huh. Seems to be the one that like is the inter- number one internet theory. The number one cop theory is I don't know. I don't care. She's dead. Yeah, because suicide, suicide clearly. Yeah. Always suicide. Fucking cops. Well, you know what? I'm gonna what. Take us to the heart of the ocean with the old lady <laughs> at the end. It's been it's been eight eight years. years. Not necessarily the heart of the ocean, but definitely a big old fucking diamond that everybody loves called the Hope Diamond. And I don't think we've done this before either, which it feels kind of like a classic as well. Agree. Unless Karina's about to be like, yeah, I did this. No, 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 no. This okay. is classic. It's good. Cool. Just checking. <laughs> classic. Great. Classic. It's great. That's it's great. Yeah, no, no, no. You're good. Okay. You want. So we all thought that the old lady threw it into the ocean at the end, to quote Britney Spears. But um, <laughs> no, in fact, it did not. Let's talk about the Hope Diamond. So in... 1666 how many sixes is that three three a guy named jean baptiste tavernier steals a 115.16 carat blue diamond like can you even imagine how fucking huge 115 carat diamond is i don't know if that actually exists i mean clearly it's the size of your oh, yeah. head or something like crazy. It's got to be the size of a fist, at least. The hope. Yeah. Time. Anyways. All right. So this blue diamond, he steals it from the eye. It's a diamond eye in the statue of the Hindu goddess Sita. And big ass statue. Other versions claim that it came from a crooked priest that he stole it from. But I'm going to go with the Hindu goddess who... Do y'all remember the movie A Little Princess? 
Yes, it's it, yeah. And she yes. tells the story of the goddess yes. who gets kidnapped by Ravana, and Sita, the Hindu goddess, is the one in Hindu religion that is kidnapped by Ravana. So she's like the princess that gets taken in the movie. Sorry, I'm sure that's like offensive to like compare it to a movie, but that's where I was exposed to yeah. the myth or not myth, the story, the lore of yeah. Ravana. Yeah. So this diamond gets taken out of a statue from this particular Hindu goddess and everybody who was a fan of the temple and like went there and did all this stuff is like, you know what? We're fucking pissed that somebody stole this. So we're going to curse your ass and uh <laughs> diarrhea for life yeah <laughs> is like whatever man i've taken this blue diamond so he goes he writes some dumb travelogue called the six voyages of jean baptiste tavernier published in 1678 talks about the diamond the quality how many carrots all this shit he goes to king louis the 14th who's like what's up dude i'm gonna buy this from you for which one was was that iron mask or was that marie antoinette it is iron mask Ooh, leonardo caprell time iron mask time i don't know karina is that right they said iron mask further down so i assume yeah sure sure yes oh got it got it yes. got it so King Louis buys this fucking huge ass, the like world's biggest diamond for 220,000 livres. And uh, livre, I could not figure out how to calculate 1600 livre money to current money because, well, it's not the livre anymore and hasn't been for a while. Anyways, if anyone wants to go down that hole, go for it and let me know because I would love to know. Which, on top of all that, is about half the diamond's actual value at the time. Damn. And so he, Louis like, I'm getting a great fucking bargain. But also people are like, I don't know why he would have sold it for so little. And somebody was like, you know what? We heard Tavernier actually also got a patent of nobility when he sold the diamond on top of that 220,000 lira. It's Libra, like the, not lira. it's just like the lobbyists buying their way into the Trump it's administration. True. Someone watched a documentary last night. It's me. Dang. Tavernier is living the high life for a little bit, but it is a very little bit because rumors are that he died not long after returning from India where he stole the diamond from. He gets this raging fever. He's dying and he actually dies and wolves and wild dogs come up to his body somehow and like ravage his corpse because this is the 1600s baby um wolves ravaged his wolves and dogs wild dogs ravaged his corpse that is a great like post rock post hardcore band name from the early 2000s wolves ravaged his yeah sorry so louis the 14th hires a guy to shape the stone into like something more triangular so he can wear it around as almost kind of like a brooch it's actually a cravat pin 
but uh, I don't really know what that means. I assume it's a pin and it's a brooch. So it sounds good to me. But after he reshapes it, it diminishes the size of the diamond to a 67.125 carat jewel. That's like which half, right? Is a lot less, a lot less. Because the OG diamond was what, 115? Yeah. Yeah. So the other, obviously, they didn't just throw the other pieces of the diamond away. They threw it into the bottom of yeah, the ocean. They did. They made a bunch of different little things with the diamond. But Louis the Fourteenth gives it to his friend who he's like, here, I want you to wear this. You're a friend of mine. You can borrow this. You can wear this. And then like a few days later, he's like, actually, I fucking hate you. I'm accusing you of embezzlement and I'm going to probably kill you you have to go hang out in this tower with a guy here he is the man in the iron mask leonardo DiCaprio. yes after he like condemns his friend almost every single legitimate child that louis the 14th had dies the king ends up dying grossly by gangrene in 1715 necrosis is common in the 17th and 18th centuries but the curse is still thought to be the source of this louis the 16th and marie antoinette inherited the triangle diamond that this is now and they're calling it the french blue it's not hope yet so the french blue obviously in 1793 all of them kind of get murdered and guillotined uh, during the French Revolution. What? Not, Not that- Jason Schwartzman and Kristen <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. I Is there up- Jason Schwartzman in the yeah. movie? Yeah, he plays King. Yeah. Uh, I love him. Anyways, after the French Revolution, the diamond disappears and then re-emerges because this thing is so huge. Like, you can't not fucking recognize it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm talking about my dick. Yeah, I did. It re-emerges, but by this point, it's been kind of also whittled down again. And now it's a 45.52 carat stone. Still, obviously, fucking gigantic. In 1839, a guy named Henry Thomas Hope acquires the diamond and endows it with his name. The Hope Diamond. Despite the title, his heirs complained of a lot of bad luck and sold it to settle a bunch of gambling debts. And uh, That's the best. You know? Like, think how much money you must have owed. Anyway... (sighs) um 1600 leave or whatever 220,000 livres wait it was 220,000 livres uh, initially in 1666 when it was first sold to the king of- all right because i can give you a i can give you a translation on that there we go from 1660 yep okay 220,000 Levers. Yes. Each lever was made of one pound of silver, actual silver. Mm. So, if you had two hundred and twenty thousand of those today, that would be worth about eighty-six million, maybe eighty-seven million dollars. Oh my god! Just, just the coins, just and, the actual physical coins. And that was half of the value, or half of what it was valued at. So that 
diamond. 1.6 billion? No. No, no 100 and, 170 something million dollars. How many trillion? Mm -hmm. 400, whatever comes after trillion. Bajillion? Yeah. After recutting the diamond again, I don't know why they want to cut this motherfucker so much. I guess because nobody could buy it. Anyways, the Dutch jeweler who had bought it, his son murders him, steals the diamond. The son then commits suicide because he stole the fucking diamond. This sounds like a Shakespearean play. It is. Another owner of it after that drives off a cliff killing himself and his kid and his wife and in the 20th century a famed jewel jeweler named pierre cartier oh. what? Uh, Who? is he's the current owner of the diamond and wants to sell it to an american heiress named evelyn walsh mclean who I want to look up instantly. But she was like, I'm not really into this stone. And Cartier is like, here's the entire historic background of this tragic stone. And after all of that, I guess she still didn't buy it. Um, Cartier added new accounts of French royals eviscerated by mobs, Turkish sultans, Russian counts, like all these people. He thought that if he could really believe that their bad luck would bring her good luck, she would buy it. And Cartier was correct. And she's like, that's fine. I'm going to buy this fucking huge diamond. McLean... Eris McLean wore the diamond regularly. She had a collar created so her great Dane could wear it when she was not, which I love. And I'm also jealous of that great Dane. But the curse bum, 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 comes into play. Her mother-in-law dies. And following her mother-in-law, her nine-year-old son dies. Her husband leaves her for another woman and then he ends up in a mental hospital where he also dies. At age 25, McLean's also, or her daughter also dies of an overdose. And after that, the financial ruin of their entire family happens. She's forced to sell the newspaper, The Washington Post. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. And everything she owns and she dies impoverished so yeah and nowadays the stone well it was purchased by harry winston harry winston tell me all Did about she, was it was that part of what she sold yeah or was it like she sold everything she died sale for. Style. Okay. it doesn't say who she sold it to but i mean harry winston acquired it in 1940 oh yeah he purchased the Hope Diamond along with her entire estate jewelry collection in 1949. For 10 years, the stone toured the world with other precious gems in the Court of Jewels exhibition. And then the jewels rare, unparalleled beauty. And it's like bad temper uh, Harry Winston decides to donate it to the 
Smithsonian Institute. He mailed it first class for $145 insurance with $2.44 in stamps. The insurance fee was a whopping $1 million. And the guy who delivered the package adds to the jewels infamy. After he delivered it, his wife died, his leg was crushed, and somebody strangled his dog and burned his house to the ground. Jesus. What? Okay, but also what did he do? You know. He just carried it. Who he owed, just but delivered who did he the diamond. Money to? It's true. So nowadays, as most people who have visited the Smithsonian have seen, the Hope Diamond is still there. I've seen it IRL in eighth grade when I went there on a field trip. I saw it in 2016. Junior Honor Society. It's one of the most famous jewels in the world and everybody fucking loves it because it's so pretty. But yeah, that's our classic terrifying diamond. It's still in like the necklace that she wore though, right? Yeah. If you see it, yeah, it's sitting there in the necklace. I have some like really great pictures from a disposable camera of it with a flash on if you want to see it later. Hell yeah. I'm going to have to climb into the attic to find it. It'll probably take a long time. Let's get in that attic. It's Halloween, right? (laughs) I did some more sleuthing and I ran it through some converters and it looks like the total price that King Louis XIV paid would be about $22 million today. Okay. Wow. Which is a lot. But then I said, well, what's the most expensive diamond ever sold? And that was in 2017 at Sotheby's for $71 million. They sold something called the Pink Star. And it is a pink diamond. And it is 59.6 carats. Jesus. It is wow. It's a fat motherfucker. Wait, so where yeah, are right. all the other pieces of the Hope Diamond? I mean... 21 million wouldn't even crack the top 10 of like most ever paid for a diamond now. So suck that dick, Louie. But <laughs> yeah, Louie, not so great now. Diamonds that were 116 carats? Hold on. Did you get Largest that? diamond ever that? sold? Largest diamond ever sold, 118.28 carats, sold at Christie's in 2013 for $30 million. Okay. Wow. So it has not been given its own name. That's bullshit. Whoever bought it is just just holding it. This Guinness Book of World Records. It's, I mean, I assume it is. I don't know. I'm on some website that's just listing like really expensive diamonds i can't wait to see the ads that you get after this <laughs> what you get charged. do you want to buy a 500 oh, carat diamond you have millions of dollars mm-hmm. no it's still going to be for bras there's nothing i can do to stop bra ads it's from bra happening ads. To me. yeah it's all bras because i can't find bras that fit and like the internet's trying to help but it keeps showing me like get these D cups. I'm like, no, have you tried? That's not my problem. Have you tried? And we're not sponsored, but they do like podcasts. Have you tried third love? Yeah. Guess what? They don't make bras. My size. Oh, for small breasted women, like my small breasted and big bones. That's the combo. I got an ad. Oh, look at that. That was (laughs) 
What? Yeah, that happens sometimes. I think I got kissed for not having any bras. You got kissed on the cheek. Mm -hmm. Uh, None Um, of mine. I mean, we should be sponsored by somebody. No, I'm just kidding. We shouldn't. Yeah. But who wants to be our salesperson? Marina, I'll send you something. But I got an ad that was specifically geared for small boobed people, which I've never gotten before. I feel like all the third love shit is like, mm-hmm. hey, guess what? You got big tits. Let's let yeah. help you. And it's like, well, yeah. Why? Why do you need to help? Like, what about me? That's the one I'm getting all the time. Is like, finally a bralette for the large breasted. No. And I'm like, okay, it's called Pepper. Pepper. Yeah, right. we are. Yeah, I have a pepper bra. It's. Is it? Okay? I do have a pepper. Okay. It's okay. It's a little. Um, it doesn't wash well. Oh. Well, so I never like, wash anything, so. I, yeah, I hardly ever do, but then I did, and it didn't wash well. But it's okay. It's. I mean, <laughs> it's not the best one. Welcome to bra talk. <laughs> Honestly, the best bra I've ever found is at Target, and I just went like. Yeah uh up up two cup sizes and down two band sizes and then just loosen that shit out and like that's the best bra if you just are in the in the non-existent zone yeah you gotta wear it you know that you're supposed to start at the very like last rung well yeah because it stretches and you're supposed to be able to didn't fucking know that Thanks, Wait, third love. Yeah. The loosest one? Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to start at the loosest one. Yeah, because it stretches, so then you gradually can tighten it as needed. Oh. You can ratchet it up as your life gets worse. You can just keep squeezing <laughs> yourself tighter and tighter. Keep pulling it together. We noticed that you were fat for a while, and now you can just make your loosened bra even tighter. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Good times. Go <laughs> buy a bra. Talking, God damn it. Buy a bra. Spend millions of dollars on a on a farm. Billions. On a, on a, a diamond. diamond that will kill you. Yeah. On a mm-hmm. on a trip to a different country where you can get into an elevator. Go to Canada. Mm-hmm. Get in an elevator there. Have the opposite of yeah. a bipolar reaction. Yeah. Have a. Have a have a monopolar. Mon- thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I said try. <laughs> I try. You never know. Yeah. I'm gonna go auto erotic something. Uh, Whoa! She didn't need to hear that. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs>